Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The award-winning Crunch Crunch Time. The Honda HRV, as different as the people who drive it. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. The idea of premiership favouritism is long gone for Melbourne. It's a tooth and nail struggle now to even be part of the September action, given the history of teams at 0 and 3. Essendon avoided that fate. How far can that run-and-gun thrilling footy that we saw last night in a high-scoring game at the MCG take them. These are ponderances, takeouts from last night from Friday night footy. We'll extend the take in Thursday night as well. The history of Melbourne's tanking, which has been laid bare in the Herald Sun over the past couple of days and all the uh, all the flashpoints from the week to be debated in the crunch. But Simon Goodwin is going to join us shortly. On crunch time, it's Jared Waitley, Dermot Brereton, Bob Murphy and Kane Corn really honing down on what we learnt out of last night. So just the the straight-up question of 0-3. So 30 teams, only Sydney have done it in the same period of time we've been talking about. So a decade sample size, 0-3 is it's poison. It, it, it's an awful place to be. Kane, will Melbourne play finals? Uh, yes, I think they will, Jared. I think they will. Now, that's a, a with the numbers that you're alluding to, um, it's difficult, but I, th- I think they will. I'm going to back them in to play finals from here, but they'd want to get their defensive structure and the defensive system set up a lot better than, than what it is at the moment if they're to do so. I see the question twofold, that they may play finals, and I'm kind of with Kane that I think they're probably good enough to get there, but when the energy it takes now to make up the ground... History probably shows us that you might make it, but you've burnt you've burnt too many tickets along the way to make to make a big impact. And we and you know this was Melbourne's year to to challenge. So I think I think that's that's the real kicker to it. For me, unreservedly, yes, they'll play finals. They're too good a team. They'll get on a roll somewhere. But what this start and the way we've seen them beaten tells me is there are character flaws there. So when they get to the sharp end, those character flaws will be exposed against the very, very best teams. Yeah, so I'm with I'm with you. I, I still think they will. The idea they're too good a team, that's probably... I left last night thinking, I wonder. I wonder if they actually are. Their talent's good. Some of it is. Are you, are you, so they've got are you big, making the... Are you discerning between a good team and a well-talented team? They, they don't look like... So they had a long tail last night, which surprised me. And it wasn't... We started to talk about it in the pre-match. Then you started to look around going, yeah, actually, they're not 
they're nowhere near a complete team. Now, some of the pieces are there, and this is where it gets interesting, Kane, is, is you've pointed out the defensive deficiencies, and it was unmissable last night. And they've got the two players who can solve that. But May's going to miss a spate of footy now, and Lever's due back, as he's told us last night, he's got a six- to seven-week training program from here. So he's really the buy. Is mm. How long can they exist without... May and Lever, and what difference does it make? I would throw what? sort of I'd throw Kane. I would throw Jordan Lewis into that as well as the as the elder statesman because at times last night they they did look disor you know unorganised down in the in in the defensive. So they're they're the two key pillars. What you're talking about, but also Jordan Lewis is the senior head down there. And all of a sudden, when Lever's there, uh, Frost and McDonald become the, the third banana where they're defensively okay, but Lever comes across and intercepts. So his absence is huge. Um, we know that. But I know it's been spoken about a lot this week, but the, the disappointment from Stephen May and the way that the Melbourne supporters should be feeling about the way he turned up to pre-season by his own admission, and, and Jordan Lewis went on radio to say that they were disappointing. I'm paraphrasing here, disappointed in the way that he turned up. I, I can't get my head around it. Bob, you're a bit more forgiving than what I am, but how an AFL player who's 27 years of age, he's a captain of a club, a former captain of a club, can turn up at a new club on a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract out of shape. I, I, can be prickly, I, I, can't, I can't get my head around <laughs> that. I mean, these, these guys get... They get a lot of time off now, so we know that. So they yeah, get no, their eight, that, ten, ten weeks in the off season. Yeah, if, no, that, that's, if that's the case. Yeah, because it is. Gen- generally, if, if a player going to a new club, you get the you get the best version of them when they arrive. So to to hear that is quite staggering. I, so I he plays last Stephen night. Derm, so just sorry, if he yeah. plays last night, I think they win. Uh, there's no way McKern is kicking four on Stephen May last night, particularly if he's under an injury cloud as well. So he plays, he's fully fit, he's at the top of his game, he's sharp. They win last night. So that, that's the, the impact that his pre-season is having on the team right now. And also it's a distraction. Gary Lyon, a former club great, has spoken about it all week. That's a distraction. The, the tanking situation yesterday is a distraction. These are all 0.5 percenters that add up and perhaps weigh on the players' minds as they go out to play last night. I spoke to Stephen May last night before the game. I saw him out in the ground. We were chatting away and just sort of having a good, honest chat and it was not to be, you know, use it straight up on air. But I got the feeling from him that he regrets what he said and he feels like he wasn't all that far off uh, being in pretty reasonable nick as a footballer when he got there, as opposed to the the way he sold that story. I think so. So outside influence have picked up that and run with it and made it something more. It'd be interesting if we could speak to Stephen May at some stage in the next week or two and get his true version on what words he's well, this is Jordan. Made. This is Jordan Law's pre-game, so yeah. this is uh, on 3 AW. I think May would look well, back at the way... Well, he's reacting too, Kane, to, to what, what he believes he's heard Stephen May say. But he's seen it. He's there. He's a, Jordan Lewis is a, he's a four-time. He's, he's, he's been around the block a few times. I think May would look back at the way he arrived at the club and wouldn't but, be happy... Maybe the standards they have at the Gold Coast, maybe that's the standards they have See, at the I Gold Coast, but we have high standards at Melbourne. He understands that. I, 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 just so you can uh, give it to the people out there who, who you know, local footballers, park footballers, when you talk about a bloke hasn't turned up in shape, you're thinking of a bloke who comes in looking like Mick Nolan when he should, no. you know, when yeah. he, he should look like Lance Franklin. Um, 
he, he wasn't that. When he says I came I came in out of shape, he's still the same size and shape. He, he, his skin folds might be, you know, 2% more, which at, at the high end is not conducive to playing absolute top footy, but he's not a blubbery mess or anything mm. like that. And, and you know, a young club, they have different, you know, as the, the Gold Coast Suns, they have different aspirations and the likes, but their professionalism still is good enough that somebody turns up and they're near enough to perfection in terms of the adult physique for footy. I don't I don't buy that oh, their, their standards are less, you know. They still have insanely high standards. I think his word usage has been taken out of context here and I think people have, we in the media have taken, picked it up and run with it more than it should have been. Alright, more on Melbourne in a moment, the Essendon side of things. So you're thinking Hooker or Danaher? Hooker or who, Danaher. who do they want back first now? Now they've got one on the board, they've opened the account. Who do they need back quicker? than the other. <laughs> Given the footy god says you can have one back right now, I almost think it, it's Kyle Hooker. Just to... Danaher, you, we know, is the better pure footballer, but I almost think it's Kyle Hooker that they need back just for troubleshooting at either end, where whichever end they find they're a little bit distorted in. Uh, he can go and, and fix that up. That's while a great question. Finding, <laughs> their, finding their, their mojo. Well, they'll get Hooker back first. That much we know. He yeah. probably plays next week. My, my take out, and I... I we might delve, we might not. The umpiring was so poor last night. Oh, geez. So poor. It has to be better than that. It especially has to be better than that in a showpiece game like Friday night. Okay, so Melbourne, 0-3. and three. We know the historic ramifications of that. The Demons coach, Simon Goodwin, is with us on Crunch Time. Simon, welcome. Afternoon, Jared. Afternoon, boys. Did you, did you leave with some decent-sized headaches last night? Oh, yeah, you certainly do when you're 0-3. When you're and three. Um, and still not functioning in the way that I play. Um, it leaves you with a fair bit to think about. But, you know, there's some trends that are starting to emerge in how we're playing and um, the things that we really need to get better at as a team. And, you know, it's a pretty strong post-game about, you know, we're just too easy to play against and too easy to score against. And um, that comes from a, from a number of facets within our game. Are you a bit shocked by it? Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You work hard all summer and um, you try and prepare your team as best you can. But, um, you know, that's the reality of footy sometimes. It's a tough industry and you, um, there's going to be periods of a year and, um, you know, periods of seasons where you're going to be out of form. And uh, we've just happened to have that right at the start of the season. So we have to work through that as a footy club and, and look for ways to find our best footy. And, um, you know, that's all continue to strive to do. Can you take us to half time, Simon? Have you have you seen the Angus Brayshaw interview? Have you heard what he said? Oh, about ten minutes ago. So I've, I've just been, yeah, just just recently. So what did you think when you've seen it? Yeah, look, from, you know, I think the reality was he was saying what was true that we uh, we were back playing some of our best footy and it looked more like us. Um, and I think that's in reality. Um, what we're striving to do as a club but do it for longer and ultimately when you come out in the third quarter and perform the way we performed um, we went back to the not looking like the Melbourne way of playing so um, in the end we couldn't sustain what we'd built in the second quarter for long enough Does it give you any sort of insight into whether the players will think right, we'll be right now, we've discovered it we'll be right now No, not at all 
No, I think you know they're excited to have a quarter where they actually started to string some of the, the footy together. As I said, it's been a bit of a story of our first three weeks. We haven't been able to sustain that for any period of time. Um, you know, the second quarter was, was certainly something that looked more like the Melbourne way of playing. Um, but in previous games alike, you know, it, it's only been there for 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. Simon, Bob here. There, there were patches last night where the where the grid defence that, you know, the team defence that the Demons play with was was sliced open by the by the slick Essendon ball movement. Was your frustration more with the lack of pressure on the ball carrier or was it the, the, the zone itself being sort of on the back foot or was it a combination of both? Oh, it's a combination, Bob. We're just not in sync at the moment defensively. You know, we're getting sent in at both ends of the ground. You know, I think... We're minus 13 for Granball inside forward 50, which makes it really hard as your first layer of defence to to get set up and, and get some real delay on the footy. So um, you know, that's certainly an issue, but we're certainly not um, functioning in sync together in all in all lines of, of our defence. And obviously that's putting enormous pressure on our back half and we're struggling to win the contest down there as well. So, um, yeah, it's just not functioning in the way that we'd like. And that's why we're easy to play against and easy to score against. One of, the, one of the hallmarks of the Demons last year was you would often have two halfbacks off the bat and charging through as a, as a, a real offensive weapon. Uh, I, I wasn't at the game live last night, so I, I, I couldn't see if that's still in, implemented. But has the 666 just um, sort of hamstrung you a little bit with that tactic? Yeah, we probably um, late last year went to a more traditional six six-man forward line in the, probably the last six or seven weeks of the season and, and also throughout the finals. So um, it's certainly not something that's new to us, but we're, we're just not getting the clearances and the quality of the clearances um, that we'd like. And obviously the opposition are, and it was, it was certainly a growing source for Eston last night. So that's something we'll have to look at and, and how we can tighten that up. And, you know, it's as much the inside of the centre square of, of the centre bounce as is the outside. Prior to the season, if you looked at uh, your midfield, I think Champion Data had you ranked number one, and it's hard to argue with that. How can you explain, you know, having 70 points kicked against you at stoppage last night when you've got a couple of inside balls and the best ruckman in the game, Goody? Yeah, look, every single one of our, our midfielders was in, in rehab for the majority of the pre-season, so we're still working hard at training, trying to really build that chemistry back with our rucks and our inside mids and um, you know, we are actually winning our fair share of clearances, but we're getting, um, we're not scoring enough on the back of those, but we're also, when, when we're losing our clearances, we're, we're getting scored heavily against down the other end. So our ability to defend from, from clearance is poor at the moment. And, um, you know, that's from our inside mids and, and guys around the footy, but also our defenders being able to win some one-on-ones for us. We've spoken a little bit about Stephen May. I know it's been spoken about all week and you've answered questions on this. But at the time, take us back, did you feel let down with the way that he presented himself for pre-season? I certainly wasn't let down. I felt we always knew that we had work to do with Stephen. Um, Now, he walked in and and he certainly uh, knew that he had a bit of work to do based on the standards that we had as a footy club. And, um, you know, he's worked incredibly hard from that point on when he walked in to actually get himself into some really good shape. And um, I'm probably disappointed for him because he's working and he's he's now got these niggles to go with it. So um, he'll get his rewards if he keeps working hard and, and stays in good shape. But... You know, he, he certainly won't be coming back to pre-season in that nick again, that's for sure. Goody, Dermot here. The, you guys went inside. I mean, you've got... You're not that far off, but you've got issues in all three areas, as you said. Defending the stoppage, 
your back line gave up 130 points for 53 inside 50s. Once again, you've gone last week 72 inside 50s, although though most of them were dreadful. 63 inside 50s, and you couldn't kick the winning score. What needs to happen with the heart, the forward half of the ground? Yeah, look, we, we certainly need to connect better. Um, you would have seen last night, we, we certainly lowered our eyes better, but at times we still uh, missed our easy targets and our fundamentals weren't up to scratch. So, um, and that then overloads your defence. So, yeah, we need to keep finding those entries, but get quality entries and, and get some marks inside 50. So that are actually scoring, but also help your defence as well. So, um, but just inconsistent in all phases of our game and, and that's overloading a lot of areas. Can I ask, uh, Tom McDonald, who I think last year you'd probably suggest was your number one key forward, even with Jesse being there, Tom did such a wonderful job. Being a backman turned forward, I just watched last night and I thought he was a half a second to a second on half a dozen occasions slow to exit the goal square or get on the lead and meet the ball. And, that, and in league footy, that's an eternity. Somebody else chips in and, and slides through. Is it something you can train for with him, or do you see it that way or not see it that way with Tom, who's, as I say, he's a damn good player, but he's not a natural forward? Yeah, look, you're spot on, Dermot. I think what you're talking about there is the difference between being in form and out of form as a player. Um, you know, you're half a second slower to make decision-making. And, um, no, he's probably just running under the ball a little bit at the moment in his mouth. Test. So um, he's working really hard at training to, to get, one, his main asset back, which is his marking, and then his, his timing uh, to jump at the ball, but also with his leading. So, yeah, he, he's a new forward. Um, he's a work in progress and a developing forward, but we know the capability that he has gotten. Um, you know, I think in the not-too-distant future we'll get him back in some really good form. So w- when you pull the boys in at training this week and you'll have an accent on something... Do you try and cover all bases or do you get really good at one of the three areas first? Uh, we have to get back to being really hard to play against first and foremost, Dermot. That's being able to defend the ground in a way that, that lets you hang in games. You know, our connection will come. Our ability to connect four to centre will come. Um, but we need to be harder to play against and, and not give up scores like we have um, because all that does, it fuels the, the opposition's energy um, and they get fueled by scoring. So we need to try and limit that first and foremost and um, and then hanging games for longer to give ourselves some really good opportunities. Final one from me. I, I know he didn't kick all that well, but did you find it hard as a team, as a unit, behind the footy to defend against someone like Dylan Shield, who played the ball seriously fast last night? No question. He's a, a talented midfielder who, who broke lines and, you know, he, he used his... Uh, to certainly work his way through the midfield and that, that left us really isolated, you know, back of centre. So, um, you know, that's the type of player and the damaging player that he, that he is. And, you know, in the end, we had to move James Harms to him at court to limit that effect. Do, do you accept the historical difficulty that 0-3 represents, Simon? Oh, look, you know, I, I certainly won't be looking at that. You know, the 0 and three's you know, the reality of where we're at. All we need to look at is next week and actually how we're going to get back in some really good form. Um, how that pans out for the season, um, we'll just have to wait and see. But first and foremost, we'll look at this week against Sydney, how we get ourselves back in a form and how we get our season. Simon. Just, 
Simon, with uh, the Friday night footy, it's always the double-edged sword, and obviously, you know, losing makes it for an uncomfortable weekend. But will there be something different over today or tomorrow? Will the, will the playing group get together, or will you do something uh, sort of not the norm that you would you would usually do? Yeah, we've got a short turnaround, Bob. We, we play Thursday night in Sydney, so we've actually got training tomorrow and Sunday. So, um, yeah, we'll train together. We'll have a bit of lunch and then uh, have BFL. Um, so, yeah, it is a slightly different week and a chance to get together tomorrow, spend a bit of time with each other and um, have a really good review about how we're going to get better and how we're going to move forward, but also just spend some time together and, and rally around getting ourselves ready for Thursday and, and heading up to Sydney. Simon, I appreciate your time uh, in the circumstances. Good on you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Simon Goodwin with it. The uh, the Demons 0-3. and three. Um, Sort of settles the debate around Stephen May there, doesn't it? Is certainly won't be coming back to pre-season in that nick again. Yeah, so... <laughs> I read Stephen wrong, though. <laughs> hey, to what degree are they missing Jesse Hogan? So 20 games last year, 47 goals. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's a make... lot to replace. I know, but I don't think he would have. He, he would be making a difference to the way this team is playing right now. Mm. I mean, last oh, week at, yeah. at, against uh, the Gold Coast Suns, he ended up in the midfield. Um yeah, I can't see the way he plays would have a market effect on that forward line. Yeah, he just gives you a bit more, some flexibility though, doesn't he? He can go up the ground, he can play behind the ball if you need him to, and then the pressure that's on McDonald now that probably wasn't on him last year. I know McDonald Correct. was their main forward, forward last year, but he, he did alleviate some of that pressure. So their goals last night, you know, they got 53 from McDonald, 47 Jared from, from Hogan, and then... 32 from Melksham. It's a good spread of goal kickers. They don't have that right now, clearly. I don't I don't mind hearing the numbers when they're put up like that. But yep. to me, you've got to take one out. So Wiedemann goes back. Mm, he goes mm. back to seconds. Do you, do, well, you want to, do you want to do that? No, see, I think you can play three because of the flexibility that Hogan gives you. I mean, he well, can... where do you play Petraka then? Then you're too big. Petraka, mm. he's only 186 centimetres, which is not an only. It's a big kid. 96 kilos, but he's a sub-sized key position player when you can get him isolated. Yeah, well, I guess Richmond have the same issue. Though. They're going to have Lynch and Rewald and Caddy, so it's a, simi- it's a similar mix. I think you've got the talent there. You can work it. Um, it, it just What I'm saying is it does take some pressure off McDonald, who's, you know, what's he kicked? One goal in three mm-hmm. games. He, he's struggling, and uh, Wiedemann's probably not yet ready to be, to be a Jesse Hogan type. Where do you sit in the Petraka debate, which has been going on during the week, and uh, now the, the comparison with Dugowie is being made, and, and the more it's made, the, the more he suffers by it? Dugowie's a bigger athlete who can get the ball higher off the ground. Dugowie's about 191, Petraka's 186, and a bit heavier. Petraka's... I would try and strip weight off Petraka. If mm, you want same. him to play that third forward that is a sub-sized key position player, he's got to be able to mark the ball above his head while both feet are off the ground, i.e. he has to be able to jump at it. But he goes for marks on the lead and he powers through the the point of contact. Uh, He'll try and keep both feet on the ground and hip with his, you know, monstrous, big, huge frame. 
hip his opponent off the ball, but that still keeps him grounded, so he's not getting the ball that high off the ground. So he can only be in a one-on-one and win that, which is great if the ball's coming in quick. But on times of necessity, like the last three games they've played, it's not coming in a lot of the time one-on-one for his benefit. So you've got to have another trick in your bag. You have to be able to jump at the ball. And to me, his weight, working a man over, running around the forward line, and then putting a jump on the end of that work, he's he's a bit heavy. I think, yeah, I think he'll get there. He, do, he does look heavy. I said last week, maybe, you know, strip a couple of kilos off him. You'd love to look at his pre-season and his training and, and work out how hard he actually works. But, Bob, I think you would know, and Derm especially would know, it, it is a tough position to play, probably the hardest position to play, particularly when it's not coming in as freely as you like. But it, there was positive signs last night. I thought he was he was really clean, at least, uh, and he looked the dangerous player that we know he can be. He, he's not overweight, He's no. just too big. Mm. Yeah. So don't take it in. Don't say, you know, <laughs> label me trying to say uh, I'm accusing him of being over. No, 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 no. He's just too big. Yeah. I think I, I just think I mean Melbourne are you know horribly out of form. That 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 position will probably hurt the most when a side's horribly out of form. He looked he looked lost the first two weeks. I saw there was enough last night, particularly in that first half, where I thought that's. That's the Petrarca that we think he can mm. become. So more clean over the footy, yeah. When it's the fumble and yeah. the and he that that matchup is we're we're seeing a lot of those players, you know, Dugowie, Caddy, Robbie Gray when he goes forward, and Jake Stringer's now slot. He, he's starting to show that 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 medium size forward can be a really really difficult matchup. What's the position that Dusty Martin holds when he goes forward? That's right, danger as well. They yeah. they 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 throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Kane, before you leave us, just give us your best. 30 or 40 seconds on Adelaide. Uh, well, they've got serious issues. Their forwards continually play from behind. They're looking for easy balls out the back. I thought Geelong set up and covered all of the dangerous space. Um, they've got issues in the ruck. Um, clearly, Riley, Riley O'Brien is not going to be up to it. Sam Jacobs is, is getting on a little bit. So, look, their draw is favourable. I think the next four is North Melbourne, Gold Coast, St Kilda and Fremantle in there before showdown. Three out of their next five at home. So they can get their game going, but... Uh, this isn't the Adelaide I thought we'd see prior to the start of the year. So where do you think this Adelaide sort of ranks in the scheme of things? Oh, this, this Adelaide's in, in the struggle to make the eight, isn't it? Correct. This is the Adelaide that's in from 6 to 12, I would think. Jared. Oh. Can, I, can I ask him one question? Uh, I know you got to... Be quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I watched the Crouch Brothers in isolation... Their break-even is 60, I would suggest, Kane, because they are very easy to play against going the other way. Yeah, well, offense, defensively, they're not strong. But when they get it going, like Matt Crouch did in third, they're, yep. they're hard to stop. You can explore that further in the crunch term. Good on you, Kane. Great to have you as part of it. Thanks, guys. Kane Corn's part of our Crunch Time team in 2019. Carlton and Sydney first up this afternoon. The Crunch, all the key issues, including tanking and all other matters, coming up after the break. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.